Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do this without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to start by saying thank you to all of them. First, to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our platinum sponsors, Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gilman Gear, always a step ahead. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. And Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Thank you to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast, this time featuring the FIAAA Insider. Our guest today is a good friend, Ron Allen. He's the Director of Athletics at Lakanto High School here in Florida. Ron, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Jake. It's good to see you and to talk to you again. Wish it was in person, but, you know, times are what they are. Absolutely. So uh, this isn't our uh, our first Zoom uh, this month. Um, no. We always like to let our listeners uh, get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school, your background in sports, and, and kind of how that got you started on a path to becoming an AD. Okay. We Well, I was born and raised in a little town called Fremont, Ohio. Uh, it's up near the lake, uh, near Toledo, and uh, I went to uh, a very uh, good high school, Fremont Ross High School up there. Um, very storied background in athletics. You know, we have uh, Charles Woodson is a graduate of there. Um, he was after me because you know, I'm old. Um, but he, um, you know, we had some NFL players come through there. So, you know, football was big. Um, I was always, I always liked uh, basketball was probably the, my second thing. Uh, unfortunately, my size in, in high school, I was a five foot seven offensive lineman. So that didn't pan out and then basketball didn't either. So I got really involved in basketball as a student assistant uh, with, um, with our um, boys basketball team all through high school. And then when I went to college, um, I ended up working with the basketball team and got to know the uh, track coach. And I had thrown, you know, uh, shot discus going through middle school and one year of high school. Uh, and realized that and when I was in high school, really, you know, I wasn't going to be competitive um, and, you know, took a different turn there. But uh, talked to the college coach. I had grown five inches. You know, I, I got to be six foot, six foot one. And he said, you know, we need some throwers. So I got involved in throwing in, in, high, in uh, college, started throwing uh, shot, discus, javelin. Um, and at dual meets, when we were up big and didn't matter, uh, I would run anchor in the uh, four by four at the end of the meets. So that, that was always a, a good thing. But got involved there, uh, stayed involved with basketball at the college level as a student assistant. 
um, actually got my first coaching job, uh, paid job when I was a uh, junior in college at a local middle school. Uh, I had done some uh, observations at the school and got to know the uh, middle school track coach and the high school track coach who was also a football coach and he asked me if um, they asked me if I would be interested in being an assistant uh, middle school coach that year so I started uh, coaching track and kind of an odd mixture of, of events I worked with I worked with our 800 runners and the throwers which you know with a track background those really aren't uh, thing they're kind of opposite ends of the spectrum but got my first uh, taste of actual coaching uh, for a, a stipend at that point. And then um, got, uh, got into the whole hiring process, getting out of college in 1983. Uh, things weren't real open up in Ohio. So my, my future wife, at the time she was my fiance, we applied all over the United States. Um, got a phone call the week we were get to be married I uh, happened to be home from my factory job that I had uh, that summer uh, from Lacanto, uh, wanting to know if I was interested in position down here. Uh, I got out an atlas, looked, found it on the atlas, because, you know, there was no internet back then. Um, looked at it and said, yeah, you know, we're, we're coming to Florida on our honeymoon. So we got... Uh, you know, we got married on a Saturday, came to Florida, got here on Monday. No, got here Tuesday, excuse me. Got here on a Tuesday. Um, interviewed at Wednesday uh, at, the, uh, at the school. Uh, got hired on Wednesday. Found an apartment Wednesday afternoon. Got uh, all the utilities and everything turned over the next couple of days and uh, started work on Monday. Never went home. So... You know, we've been here since uh, 1983 at the same school. Um, you know, we, we were building our building we're in right now at the time. And, uh, you know, I moved, I tell everybody, I moved over here on the Mayflower moving van uh, from next door into our building. And I've been here since, uh, since we've been a high school in 83. And we moved over here in 84 and I've been here ever since. So that's my first teaching job was here. My first coaching job was here and uh, moving into athletic administration. Well, how did you go from, uh, you know, we all have that story. You know, what's your story? How'd you go from teacher coach onto the uh, role of athletic director? Well, I got, when I, when I first got here, my, my first real friend uh, in Florida, was the uh, athletic director at the time, Doug Connors. And um, Doug and I became great friends. We still are. He's retired now. He had, he moved up into uh, administration and he was an AP here for a long time. But I started working with him uh, extensively during the process of, you know, being a new coach. We were both similar in age um, and started to learn the ropes from him. Uh, and then as he moved up, we got a different athletic director. I kept close contact with all the ADs I worked with over the years. And um, when the job opened up in 2010, I think it was in the summer, um, 
I was the head football coach at the time, and I had coached almost everything here at one point or another, um, except for, I think, tennis and soccer and volleyball. Um, so we have the full gamut of sports, except for like lacrosse and water polo here at the high school. So there's, there's a bunch of sports I've, I've coached for at least a season or a couple, even swimming. Um, so I had worked with FHSAA in different facets as a member of the uh, FACA. Uh, I was the FACA state coordinator for girls basketball for eight years. So that put me on the, on the uh, advisory committee for basketball. And, you know, I, I had developed a rapport with FHSAA personnel at the time. Uh, so when I applied for the AD job, um, principal at the time, Mr. Kelly Tyler, you know, he said, you know, look, I know you know what, how to do things because you've been around it so much. You've been very active with, you know, uh, Dick Slack, who was our long-term AD here. I think he was AD here for 15 years. Him and I were very good friends. I did a lot of work with him in the field of athletic administration, you know, working on budgeting and, and things like that. Uh, and, and new guidelines coming out from FHSA and the Red Book and things of that nature. Uh, so he goes, you're, you're the logical choice. And this is something you've always wanted to do, which th this, I never wanted to be an AP. I started ed leadership classes uh, for my master's, uh, had to do an interview with a uh, sitting principal. I interviewed with my principal at the time and he looked at me and he said, he, he got up from his desk and he walked from behind his desk and stood behind me and he goes, do you want that chair? And I said, that wouldn't be nice in my office. He goes, no, I was a dean at the time. He goes, no. He goes, do you want to sit in that chair and make the decisions I have to make? He goes, because if you don't, he goes, don't do it. And I realized at that point, I didn't want to be that guy. I mean, um, I knew the decisions he had to make, you know, because I've always had a great relationship with my principals. Um, and I didn't. I didn't want to be put in that situation, some of the stuff that they have to deal with. Um, and I made a conscious decision that I, I didn't want to go in to become an AP and, and I didn't want to be a principal. So I didn't want to take a job from somebody that was going to be an AP that wanted to be a principal. Uh, and, you know, I got the job as, as a athletic administrator here. I oversee athletics, activities, all that stuff, everything from you know, our athletic teams to prom, homecoming, all of our clubs, band, chorus, the whole shooting match. So it's, you know, it's an interesting position. I, I, I love it. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I try to do the best job I can. Well, you and I have got to know each other over the years uh, through the Athletic Director Advisory Committee and, and obviously through the FIAAA board. Um, you're in a unique position. You know, you've been at the you know, same school um, for several years. Um, how have you seen the role of the school-based athletic administrator change during that time and, and again from you know your first days as a teacher coach to now where you are sitting in that athletic director's chair how has the job changed i think with the <clears throat> with the evolution even in the 10 years that i've been doing it with the evolution of the 
the means of um, communicating with our parents and things of that nature. I think that's the the biggest change I've seen. Um, you know, we we have to be almost in, in live time trying to communicate. Where you know, when I started out coaching, you 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 did a ditto copy of of what you wanted to send home to the kids. You know, for those people listening, if you don't know what a ditto machine is, uh, just think of the purple ink on a white paper and you sniffed it because it had a weird smell. Um, if you didn't live during those times, you missed out. But anyway, um, I think that was that's one thing that has really changed. Um, you know, it, it's um, it's become a lot more involved, a lot more hands-on. I think too. Um, I know when. Uh, some of our prior uh, ADs were doing the job. Uh, it didn't entail as much day to day, I don't think, and moment to moment um, that you have to do. And especially in the current climate, you know, it's even more so. So, and, and some of the things we have to do as far as paperwork and things of that nature, I think is, is um, it's become easier, but it's become more complex. Yeah, I, I think there's there's more paperwork, but there's less paper. You know, it's all the right. it's digital. <clears throat> right. Um, and I, 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 to be honest with you, as soon as like, and I'll put a plug in for home campus, as soon as they came out with the athletic clearance platform, I mean, I saw it, I came back, I talked to my assistant, I said, this, look, this is what they got. And, she, and I said, you know, I'm, I'll pay for it if you think you can do it. And uh, she said, let's do it. And so we've been on board since day one when they rolled it out. You know, I talked to my, uh, my principal and uh, I said, you know, this is gonna save us time. It's gonna save us headaches and, and it has. Uh, I enjoy it. The parents have figured it out pretty much um, and, and it works great. And it's really helped us on our end um, to stay out of some situations that, you know, if you were just chasing paper like we used to, um, you know, I don't know if anybody <clears throat> remembers the old pink sheets, but you know, at least we don't have to do those anymore. So. No, I, I agree a hundred percent. I think they should have you and I on the uh, home campus um, endorsement page. Uh, our... I ask them for a discount. Okay. <laughs> um, You've alluded to it a little bit, but I want you to share um, in athletic administration, um, you know, we talk about the importance of leadership. You know, we talk about the importance of uh, mentoring. Uh, who have been some of your mentors along the way, uh, you know, back when you were in school and even uh, during your career? Who's, uh, who's helped mentor you into the position you're at today? Well, I think the first, the first couple back in high school, um, and fortunately, um, I've had the chance to talk to both people. One of them has passed. Biz Paith was a basketball coach. And um, I had a chance to uh, – he actually moved to Florida at one point and uh, was working at Cedar Key. And uh, we – our paths crossed because I actually – we both taught the same subject. And probably one of the reasons why I taught the subject I did when I was a classroom teacher, I was teaching business, is because of him. Uh, he was a business and history teacher and coached basketball. And I kind of followed in his footsteps um, and uh, got a chance to talk to him 
some while he was at Cedar Key and actually got a chance to tell him his the impact he had on me. Um, and then there was another basketball coach that I had, Alex Clark, that I worked with when he was an assistant at Ross. And uh, I went home in January. Uh, my father-in-law celebrated his 90th birthday. And we went to church with him, the whole clan. And when I say the whole clan, that meant the, his six uh, children, their, their spouses, and their grandchildren. So we doubled the church capacity that day. But Alex Clark was there. And I saw him, and I went over to him. And I said, look, Coach Clark, I said, I know the actual job of a teacher and a coach that the payoff is moments like, like we're, like we're experiencing right now. I said, you know, the monetary part of it is good, but when somebody comes back and tells you the impact they had on your life, on their life, um, and how some of those things came, those lessons learned, um, whether they were hard lessons, and some of those were, or whether they were just words of encouragement along the way, uh, what impact they had on their career, that's a big payoff. I said, and I want you to know that, you know, you had that impact on me. I said, you know, I was inducted into the FACA Hall of Fame in 2018. Um, and I said, one of the reasons why I'm there is because of what you and Coach Pace did back when I was in high school. So, you know, I, I was lucky enough to do that. And for those people that are listening, if you haven't done that to, if those people are still around, do it. Um, you know, I've had some people do it to me. You know, our director of transportation for the county is one of my former players. And we sat through, you know, those opening guest speaker things at the beginning of the year one year. And the speaker talked about that. And about two days later, I get, it was probably a two-page email when it was printed from her telling me the impact that I had on her. And I still have that email. And that was 15 years ago. And those are the things that, you know, you know, Biz Paith, Alex Clark, um, Bob Hilty, my college track coach, who kept encouraging me because I was a six foot, 290 pound blob that he encouraged to keep working. And eventually, you know, I, I lettered three years in college, became a pretty decent, you know, uh, division three thrower, you know, didn't set the world on fire, don't have any records, but a great experience. Um, and then here, as far as an athletic administrator and, and a teacher, you know, I, I would have to say some of the guys I've worked with and for, um, you know, as coaches, you know, Ron Klein, he was a head football coach here, and him and I, uh, you know, he taught me a lot about how to, how to deal with situations and deal with people. Um, Kelly Tyler, my, my longest-standing principal, I've, I've had numerous principals. Um, you know, some of the things he taught me, uh, another one, uh, Archie Dabney, who's an institution in this county, um, you know, his caring, um, just the way he cared about his, his staff, 
way he cared about his kids. And uh, just a real quick story about Archie and, and my relationship. And I hope I don't bore anybody. But I had a health issue at a basketball game one time. He was not principal. He was just there watching. He had been long been retired. And he came back, saw that I was having an issue. He accompanied my wife, who was pregnant with her youngest child. Uh, she was nine months pregnant, due any day. Accompanied us to the hospital, stayed with us until they told him I was out of the woods. And then he left. Um, but he hadn't been my principal for 15 years, but he was there and he sought me out and he looked after one of his kids and I never had him as a teacher or a coach. I was just an employee under his, his supervision, but, um, you know, and I still hear from him occasionally and, you know, I, I've shared with him his impact on me too. And I, it just keeps going back to that relationship part of it that, you know, those people that have an impact on you, you need to let them know, you know, and, you know, I've done that with some of the people that are on the uh, FIAAA board. You know, I've had private conversations with them. Uh, you know, I'm not doing that to pat myself on the back, but I'm just, those things that you've got to do that. And I, 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 I feel very strong on it. I appreciate you sharing. Uh, very impactful. Uh, you and I talked a little bit uh, about COVID and uh, certainly we know the impact it had this spring and continues to have uh, not just in Florida, but nationwide. Um, we know the response in Florida is still kind of up in the air, but uh, share with our listeners, if you can, some of the things that you did at your school this past spring and some of the things that you're planning on doing, um, you know, with this summer with conditioning and maybe even into this fall with reopening. Well, this past spring, we, <clears throat> when it came to the point where, you know, we knew that they had, you know, we were canceling. Um, and I get choked up right now um, just thinking about it because you know, I try to get down and see our teams play, practice, try to get to know some of the kids the best I can. Because, you know, at a school of 1,600, 1,700 kids, you know, you get, don't get a chance to know everybody, especially if you're not actively coaching, coaching them. Um, but we did a, a Be the Light Night. And a lot of schools did it. You know, they turned all their lights on and, and all that. Well, what we did was we, we did a Facebook Live for it and I'm getting choked up talking about it. And it, the only part that was scripted was the very beginning when uh, I was doing the intro to the whole thing. And we started on the football field and my principal and I talked on Facebook Live on my phone. And then I had, I actually I walked to the other fields that were lit up and we had an administrator there that would talk a little bit. and during the first, during each walk, I would talk. And during the first transfer between the football and softball field, um, it hit me that it was district time. It was, you know, we were getting ready to play a couple of our key matchups in sports and that those kids weren't gonna, weren't gonna get it. 
and I'm getting choked up thinking about it. And I let my emotions show at that point. And um, it still, it still bothers me because those kids did so much. And going forward, like we talked about earlier, going forward, I want to give my kids the opportunity to safely. And whether it's just a handful of games, let's say for football, maybe they, they get seven games. It's something. If volleyball gets 14 or whatever, it's something. If my cross-country runners can go out and run, you know, in, in a few meets, they're going to get some experience that high school offers. Then if they miss it again, um, you know, I think athletics, the, the part it plays in, in, in a high school experience is something that it, when it's gone, it can't be replaced. You know, you and I can reschedule our, our planned vacation. We'll just do it next year. You know, good Lord willing, creek don't rise, we're going to be here, and we can go on the trip we have planned. Those kids can't go back in time and get back into high school and play their senior year or their freshman year, for that matter. So we want to make it as safe as we can for our kids, you know, put in all the precautions we can, you know, the physical distancing when possible, the, the sanitization, you know, making sure our facilities are as safe as possible. We're trying to do, you know, I've got behind me, I, I, I just picked up eight more thermometers so that we can get them out to all of our, every one of my sports can have access to a couple, one if it's a smaller squad, you know, two if they're the bigger, you know, football might have three, but so we can get those things done in a timely manner and they can get out and, and do their practices. We're going to meet uh, after we finalize our plan, I'm going to meet with my staff via Zoom, go over the plan, talk to them about what they see the pitfalls are, because I'm not going to see them. I'm not going to see them all. You're not going to see all yours, you know, because, we're, we're, you know, I've already talked to a football coach, you know, what do you do about your quarterbacks? You know, you think about it, your quarterbacks usually work together all the time. Well, if one of them pops positive now you got no quarterback so what are you going to do you know we got to think about some of those situations same you know volleyball is going to have different set situations they're going to have to deal with um that that's kind of what we're going to do going forward you know we want to try to include fans the best we can considering cdc guidelines you know we're going to look at our capacities and how we can possibly institute some social distancing and a reduced capacity to allow people to come watch their kids instead of just doing it via a live stream um, through NFH, NFHS network or something like that. But, you know, we want to try to make it as normal as we can, but as safe as we can. Well, it's going to be interesting. Uh... Moving forward, uh, still a lot of different uh, plans, a lot of uncertainty. Um, in addition to COVID, this past spring, you know, nationally, uh, we saw just a, an increased um, awareness and involvement regarding 
um, social issues. Um, from your perspective as, as the AD, what are some things that athletic administrators uh, can do better in this area of uh, social awareness? Well, I think part of it has to be, you know, we have to educate our kids, make sure that they understand what what's acceptable and what isn't. Um, you know, we're we're fortunate. We have we've got some diversity in our staff. Um, you know, that that's always been something that that um, you know we try to do is hire competent people and and that have a diverse background. And I think we do that. I think the, the biggest thing for us to, to understand is, you know, we have to change. We might have to change attitudes that are pre-ingrained when they come into our programs. Um, and, uh, you know, they might come from a less tolerant background than others. And uh, that's something that we've, that I've always tried to strive to do as a coach and an athletic administrator is, you know, I, I don't, your background doesn't mean anything to me as far as who you are. I mean, you are who you are. And I don't, you know, regardless of whether you're, you know, an African-American, an Indian kid, um, you know, whatever, um, you know, you're one of my, one of our players and you're going to be treated with respect and dignity and, and treated the same as anybody else. And, you know, very, I'm not very tolerant of those kind of attitudes. And, you know, the same thing with the LGBTQ stuff, um, you know, th that that's something that, um, you know, we've dealt with here pretty successfully uh, with with inclusion of the of the, the people that are uh, in those situations or, or, or um, you know, we have a, a group here uh, that is uh, very active and, you know, they're accepted uh, pretty pretty well within our student population and our athletic teams and our activities and things of that nature. So, you know, I think we're, we're doing a good job. We got to do a better job, you know, across the board in, in all those areas. And, but you're always going to fight a bias no matter what, you know, everybody has their biases. And that's one of the things that I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, you know, I, I got to deal with that, you know, just like anybody else does, you know, everybody thinks they don't, but you do. And, um, you know, uh, it's a growth growth process as long as you're alive. Ron, we've kind of uh, come to the end of the podcast, and we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. You know, you're certainly an experienced AD now, and you're getting ready to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job. But I'm only going to let you put three items in their toolbox. Tell me mm -hmm. what's going to go inside Ron Allen's toolbox. Well, the first first thing, and I, th I think it's the most important thing, is get a mentor. Bottom line, get somebody that has some experience, that knows how things operate, and get them on speed dial. You know, uh, because you, you think you know some things, but you don't know you know, like say, you know, what you, you, you don't know what you don't, what you, what you don't know, you know? Uh, and that's something that I tried to do. You know, I got Jody Phillips on speed dial. As soon as I got the job, you know, I knew who he was. 
Uh, I got Bob Lavaya. I don't know if you ever met Bob, but Bob was down at Springstead. You know, I, I had gotten a, I had a relationship with him prior because of, you know, coaching. And, um, you know, I got him on speed dial. So, you know, I had those people where I could call if I didn't know how to handle something um, or at least to get an idea how, how it went. Um, second thing is get involved. Get involved in the FIAAA. Get involved with the FACA. Get involved with those professional organizations. And I, I'm going to give a plug back to Kelly Tyler and Doug Connors. And I talked about them early in the podcast. Both of those people, in fact, I got Doug's FIAAA ring uh, here in, in my desk drawer. And he was very active in FIAAA when he was an athletic administrator back in you know the early 90s when FIAAA was just getting started, I think. And Kelly Tyler was active in it when he was in my position. And uh, that's one of the things Mr. Tyler told me immediately when he, when he uh, offered me the job after he asked me if I really wanted it. Um, that was his last interview question. Do you really want this job? And uh, I said, yes. And then about three months later, when I had my first big decision I had to make, he was like, remember that question I asked? I said, yeah. He goes, well, this is why I ask it. Uh, so that was kind of foreshadowing. But he told me, he said, get involved in FIAAA. He said, you're going to learn some things. So I've, I've always had the support of my administration to pursue those things. And, you know, we had classes together. Um, and, you know, we, we've been both been involved with the FIAAA, uh, you know, teaching classes and things of that nature, too. And you can see over my shoulder, if, you know, on the video, I've got all my manuals behind me. So, you know, that's something, you know, get involved with FIAAA. Um, and just the other thing is, you know, develop some checklists. Um, you know, there are some out there, you know, we publish it through FIAAA that tell you here's some things, you know, and Jay Rader does a good job with our newsletter, getting those checklists out to our members. Don't just look at them and say, oh, that's nice. Look at it and see what's there because it's very appropriate for what we do. You know, get the stuff done. And, you know, you, you tweak it for your own situation. And that's the thing. The, the, through all the classes that I've taken, and, and, and I'm sure you've said the same thing in, in your presentations, and I've done it the same thing in my presentations, I've done it at the, the conferences, is it might not fit exactly what you need, but take it and tweak it and make it your own. You're not stealing it. We're putting it out there for you. It's not like going to a football convention or, you know, something and somebody doesn't want to share their offense or their defense with you, all the intricacies of it. No, we want to share it with you because you might find a better way and, and, and I've done that through you and other people I've heard speak um, at our conferences. You know, they, they, they go through things and they'll say, well, this is how we do it. Well, and I'm thinking about how we do it. And I'm like, hey, that's a better way. So let me take that part of it, put it into play. And when Mr. Tyler was my principal, he hated it when I come back from FIAAA conference. Um, because I know I had Roger Mayo as a teacher of, I can't remember the course it was, I think it was facilities. It might've been legal issues, but he was talking about facilities. And he told the story about whether he had kept turning in his bleachers on his visitor's side as being a potential hazard because it was the old wooden kind. 
and somebody fell through the bleachers. And he said that, you know, like two days later, the county had sent a whole crew out to redo the, the visitor bleachers. So ever since then, I'll do, uh, you know, get in the golf cart and go out and look at my facilities and, and note what needs to be dealt with. And I keep emailing it to my people. And Mr. Tyler got tired of it one time. He goes, I wish I would never sent you there because you're inundating us with facilities. I said, well, you can either pay for it now. Exactly. Or pay a whole bunch later. I said, so, you know, I'm just trying to save us down the road. And that's just an example of what, you know, doing some of these courses, they make you start thinking about what's going on at your school, how you can improve it, and how you can make it so that some of those issues don't come back and go to your school lawyer. Um, you know, that's, that, that's the extreme part of it. But I mean, there's a lot of other little, little tips and tricks that, you know, having a mentor, doing those things, those checklists, you know, um, going to the conferences and things like that, that can really improve what you do and how your school functions uh, in the case of, of, of an event um, happening d during one of your, one of your contests. So, you know, I, I think those are the things that I would look at the most, you know, get involved, get a mentor, and get those checklists and, and, and tweak all that stuff to meet your needs. No, absolutely. Uh, I think anything that helps an athletic director keep something from getting to the, the principal or superintendent's desk, uh, you know, those are good things. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's the thing when I, you know, when I got the job, I talked to Mr. Tyler and I said, look, I said, my job one for me, um, is going to be keeping things from getting to the corner because his office is in the corner up here in the, in the office area. And I said, you know, I want it to stop with me. You're going to be informed of what's going on, but you know, I, I, I try to fix things and that, that going back to the whole COVID thing, that's what's bothered me the most, I think is the inability. And I think most, if you think about it, ADs, are kind of wired to fix things. You know, you're trying to keep it from getting to the point where it needs to be fixed, but once something happens, you you go into type A mode, I gotta get this fixed. And when I looked at the situation in the spring, no matter what I tried to do, and even now, no matter what I try to do, I, I, in the back of my mind, I'm still trying to fix it. And in the front of my mind, I'm trying to get myself convinced, my whole mind, that I can only do so much to get it fixed. And that's the thing I struggled with, I think, in the spring the most, was I couldn't draw on anything. I couldn't draw on one of those manuals behind me to pull out, how do you deal with COVID? You know? And that's what I told some parents when I talked to them on the phone about different issues that were coming up with graduation, because I oversee that too. Um, and different things that were going on with the school is this is such a fluid situation that there's nothing written on paper that we can go in and say, hey, this is ideal. A hurricane, every AD that's been around for a while, you know basically how you're gonna have to deal with the hurricane or how you can deal with it, depending upon the severity. You know, you've got a plan of attack. This is something that nobody has ever faced before and, and there's nothing written that says, 
you know, step one, do this, step two, do this, or, or anything like that. We're writing the manual as we go. No, or building no. the airplane while we're flying it. That's another way some people look at it. Uh, and, and that's so true. I mean, we literally, we're adding a, a new chapter each day uh, with how to respond to this. Okay. Well, Ron, it has been a pleasure visiting with you today. You do such a great job at your school and for our state association and organization. Uh, thanks for being on the podcast. Oh, no problem. I appreciate it and, and uh, look forward to seeing everybody in the spring. Got my fingers and toes crossed that we'll have our conference in May. Okay. Absolutely. We are, uh, we are looking and the national. to that. <laughs> And the national. And the national. Summer. Yeah, we want everybody to come to Tampa, join us in Florida. Well, Ron, thanks again. Listeners, thank you for tu tuning in. Uh, please come back again for another edition of the Educational AD. Thanks again for listening. Remember, these episodes are also being uploaded to the Educational AD YouTube channel. That's Educate, Ath, D-I-R, and F-I-A-A on YouTube. Thanks again for listening.